there's a variety of ways in which this door can open and that your consciousness can kind of start getting sucked into this weird abyss, mysterious dream world, psychedelic world. Um, you recognize that there's a whole nother universe in the human being um, that no one ever talks about in our culture. Um, and generally our culture sees it as terrifying and to be avoided at all costs and to take medication to keep you out of that thing. Coming all the way from Minneapolis to Washington, D.C., we now bring you Enter the Freud. Warning, this is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. Listen at your own risk. Most people think what therapy is, is like, you're kind of struggling in life and you're kind of depressed or you're having struggles in your relationship or you're drinking too much or you're having struggles at your job. So they think that what you do is you go into therapy and you meet with a person who's kind of helpful at like finding new strategies or new tools or a just like new clever tool ways to like win at life better. It's like, oh, do better at life and do better things and learn how to be more effective at your job or communicate better with your wife or, 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 or do nice new exercise techniques that will improve your mood. And yeah, that is therapy and that's cool and that's all good. And I'm not trying to be, be a naysayer about that or criticize that. But what we've been, what we were talking about last week, and actually we were talking about it a lot when you are here and it seems to be this topic that we're kind of exploring because it's fascinating and fucking complex as hell is um that there's this whole different thing that goes on in therapy that's pretty mysterious and i kind of think the term depth psychology kind of is attempting to uh talk about this realm of therapy which is it's this like strange, mysterious path that kind of takes you into the deep, dark woods and you don't really know where the fuck you're going. And then it like takes you down into the underworld and movies like Lord of the Rings or uh, these famous stories, like uh, stories that are symbolized when someone gets swallowed by a whale or when people go on an underworld journey or they go down into hell. Stories, I think, are trying to symbolize this thing I'm talking about that happens in human life and happens in therapy. And it's like, um, there's these different realms or regions of the human psyche, and maybe sometimes people might call it soul, um, but it's this different realm that I think your average American wants to stay the fuck out of the realm because it's dark and mysterious and uncertain uh, but we all have it in us, and I think our culture kind of tries to teach us to keep it down. But what happens sometimes to some people is something calls, and it kind of you you start you start to get pulled down into it. And if you happen to um, have a psychotic break, or you happen to go to Burning Man and do too many psychedelics, or if you happen to get involved in some weird cult that, pull, you know, there's a variety of ways in which this door can open and that your consciousness can kind of start getting sucked into this weird, ab 
abyss, mysterious dream world, psychedelic world, um, you recognize that there's a whole nother universe in the human being um, that no one ever talks about in our culture. Um, and generally our culture sees it as fucking terrifying and to be avoided at all costs and to take fucking medication to keep you out of that thing. But when you do a lot of therapy with a lot of people and you have a more open mind to the depths of the human psyche or the human soul, what you realize is that's part of the human soul. It's probably part of the soul of the universe. And we have to reckon with it and that there's actually some necessary transformative influence that it has on us and it wants to transform us or shape us or lead our lives in a different direction. This, you know, most Americans' lives are just like, okay, I just want to get a job and make money and drive a, a BMW and have a, a nice house and have a hot girlfriend that I can take out to, like, and that's the meaning of life. But this other realm I'm talking about has a different agenda and it kind of occasionally reaches up and grabs a person and starts tugging you towards it. And some people topple headlong into this depths of this dark thing. And depth, depth psychology, depth therapy, the point is, is to kind of help a person reckon with this other more mysterious realm. Um, and I think that there's very few therapists actually that do that. Because I think most therapists think that they're supposed to like help their clients reach their goals on the superficial level. But there's this other type of therapy that's a whole different fucking ball of wax. And it's like, we therapists that do that, we have to reckon with these deep, dark, mysterious forces of the deep soul and unconscious. And it's a whole nother fucking realm. It's really mind blowing. So I'll, let me pause there and hear what you got to have to say about this. I'll, I'll, I mean, listen, Without a doubt, what you're describing fits within the umbrella of depth psychology, right? Yeah. As is Jungian psychology to some degree. Maybe not practiced by Jungians, but certainly what Jung was potentially pointing towards, right? And, and not to geek out so much, because as you point out towards what the average American aspires to, with the beamer and the hot chick and the nice place. I think I might have made it, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I might have reached the the thing, but then strangely in my own personal experience, it's so like I do feel a tremendous amount of pressure to still investigate and make sense of the endless amount of cascading unknowable unknown unknowableisms, right? And and it would be a terrible tragedy if you as a therapist went around and like forced everyone to go into the darkness, right? That would be fucking sick, right? That, like, if, if, you, if ever, someone came in and said, hey, I had this panic attack, and you're just like, oh, fantastic, right? That's the opening <laughs> way to the darkness, right? That, that would truly be twisted, yes. right? Because actually there is a time and a place it's really strange, right? This totally gets into a cosmic um, or metaphysical type of a uh, potential where it's like, well, when is it time to to investigate this type of deeper meaning, right? Because in, in my experience, I watch people 
attempt to avoid making making a larger sense of their own individual phenomenon by incorporating or, or digesting what's happening to them. And instead they'll focus on like what's happening in Afghanistan, what's happening with vaccines and whatever the cool thing is. Cause I mean, I've been watching this for years and years, just like you, right? Way before any of this, the most recent uh, types of difficulties with people's various sexual identifications, which is no mystery to us coming from San Francisco, right? Like we kind of had to jump on that game way before the rest of the country, it feels like. Um, but like that, that I really do see people obsess in a way towards a, a, what seems to them to not be superficial. Their idea of depth would be to feel the uncertainty of Afghanistan is happening. Therefore, we are not safe in this country. And so as a result, I should buy a gun and put it in a safe because guns are dangerous. So I'll put it in a safe. And then I, I always just am like, oh, okay, that's cool. Right? So, well, then what do you do? Now you have a gun and you put it in a safe. Like, how, tell me more about the story. And <laughs> right. no, no one has thought that through. No. Right? No, because watch what happens. I'll just take you on a, on a literally like one minute tour of what happens down that rabbit hole, right? Is, okay, you get a gun, right? Because if you have a gun, well, you need to learn how to shoot the gun, right? Well, how well are you going to shoot the gun? Because in this area, there's a bunch of spooks and straight up like special forces guys that should we lose fiat currency and end up with no American dollars. So then there's no, no gasoline. There's no food, nothing pretty, pretty soon, right? Well, people are coming to take your stuff and you're like, well, who's coming to take your stuff? Knuckleheads? No, they're already dead, right? Because <laughs> who, what happened to them? Well, they ran into Mr. Brown, right? Or various other spooks that I happen to know, right? And so they're, they're literally trained assassins. And so they're dead instantly. And so then what, you're going to become that? So because you're a civilian, you bought a gun in the night because you couldn't sleep and you didn't figure out that what was happening to you was this emergence of a thing. And instead you think it's Afghanistan. So now you need to go train. And so you got to find the Rogers school of shooting, right? But so to get into the Rogers school of shooting, you have to be able to draw your weapon and hit three bullets into the zero in two seconds. Hmm. Right. And so, first of all, most people could never do that. And, you would have to train for maybe six months because by the time you hear the beep behind your head, it goes beep. And then by the time your hand reflexes to grab that gun, neurologically, that's a quarter of a second already gone. Yep. Now you have one second, one and three quarters second to hit three bullets into the zero. All right. And so you train and train for six months. Then you get into Rogers School of Shooting where they're like, hey, listen, uh, now we're gonna get your kill count insane, right? We're gonna, we're gonna up your kill ratio, man. And so then they train you through all these drills where you run around and you shoot with your non-dominant hand in case you're already shot. Cause by the way, in a gunfight, you don't just shoot people like John Wick, you get shot a lot, right? Yep. So, so you train to be able to like, you, you, also you run out of bullets. So you have to like re, reload your gun in your, in your between your legs in your armpit where how are you going to do that you need to learn all this and so but notice that no one 
has gone down this rabbit hole. Very, very no. few. No. Because, look, and, and this kind of relates to any worry, where if you take someone further and further down the rabbit, because now, okay, so eight months later, you now have graduated from this school of shooting, and now your kill ratio is up there with some special forces guys, right? And so now oh, the apocalypse comes. You have to kill everyone and take their stuff. Right? Are you ready for? The, are you ready to be a psychopath? Right. Like is, when that, you were, is that what you're gonna do? Go out and start proactively killing people and stealing their shit? Is that your plan? Well, because very it, at first it registers as they're coming to take my stuff, so I'll right. kill them. Right. But you don't realize how psychopathic this is. No. Right. It's just a window into psychopathy, yep. and if you follow that train of thought far enough which anyone else who's, who has issues with aggression and violence has this kind of a replay thought in their head constantly totally. of like, the yep. guys will come and that's when I whoa, jab to the throat, break their neck, and then I, yep. I do my kung fu on it, right? Like yep. a similar thing, but it, it's all too common to get kind of sidetracked into a superficial solution to, look, by the time that you're, you're using your special, your shooting technique to defend yourself or kill people and take their stuff. The the fact that all of the things that you invested your money in don't mean anything anymore is the least of your problems, right? Because after you buy the gun, you're then like, well, oh my God, am I invested in the right things? I should buy I should buy land in France. I should I should uh, invest in in Bitcoin because, dude, if if you're shooting people to take your stuff, Bitcoin is the least of your concerns. Right. Right. And There's so, no electricity. But oh, so let okay. me interrupt you because to get back, I think to the point. Look, look, tell me, is this the point you're, that you started off making? Is that the whole impulse to buy a gun is actually just like a misguided fantasy, um, and they think the gun gives them some emotional security. So now they have their gun. So now these deeper fears that are fucking fucking with them, the gun helps them put those fears to rest. And I don't need to like confront these deeper scary fears because I have a gun in my safe. So now I'm a safe American and I can go back to my normal thing. But actually, I think that this is the point you started making, that those deeper fears aren't really about Afghanistan. They're not really about uh, this shit hits the fan scenario where they need a gun. They're, those deeper fears about something totally else. And they're yes. projecting those fears and channeling those fears into something that the fears aren't even really about. And so then the true question, if a person is doing this deeper level of trying to get to a, a deeper awareness, is what are those fears actually about? Because a gun's not going to make them go away. So what are they actually about? And let's actually look at that. And I think people don't want to fucking look at that. And the gun, because the, buying the gun is th their act to try to not look at that. And this depth psychology thing is, no, let's actually see what this shit's really about. Uh, that, that's it, exactly. I, I don't think I would have been able to, to hit the mark without you, right? Because I, I, I was so caught up in the... Well, it's, it's a fun story. The story of going to Robert's shooting school and the two seconds, three bullets in the circle is a fun thing. And it's such a good story that that's what everyone wants to get lost in that story. We don't want to go into the depth psychology story because it's actually kind of 
dark like even me I, and I spend I spent my whole life re studying this shit I don't really want to go into that most of the time because it's fucking scary and unsettling and weird and kind of alienating because people aren't talking about that out in the world and, and it's not going to no. help me get a hot chick usually, no. you know? No, no, no. So I, 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 me, like everyone, I kind of want to just like put that shit away and be like, okay, I have a gun and I'm good at shooting and I have a BMW and I can get hot ladies, you know. But this, right. but the, but the fears are there and they haunt us and they tug at us and they torture at us. And our job is to be like, okay, so what the fuck are those fears? And maybe you and I need to address that. Like, so what are those fears? Well, okay. And then if if we were able to identify the fears, what are we supposed to do? Right, because as you point out, well, for some people, really just kind of getting them on their way to reduce the anxiety and panic to the manageable stage so that they can move on because they haven't hit many benchmarks yet. They still have to go and achieve a certain amount of money and status and, and recognition for all their efforts, right? They need to find the, the partner of their dreams, whatever, whoever that is, right? Like they, they still have all that to do. And so it would be a tremendous disservice to then say, oh yeah, yeah, well, I know you have all the stuff to do in your life, but let's look at this. And then just end up on an endless saga of, of trying to infuse deeper meaning into, well, because some people really do need to just have a, a very quick way to breathe properly and get in touch with their their actual sensations and differentiate the physiological sensations from their their cognitive process distortion whatever you want to call it right their 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 individual story and and how when i feel this way that equals i'm scared right and then how do you how do you differentiate that in the way that like when you and i go skiing some of the stuff we ski is super scary, right? Like you get yeah. up there and it's legitimately, you question whether you're physically conditioned well enough and whether your edges, even though you and I both have so much snow time on, you know, historically, it does cause you to really second guess. Like what, how am I going to deal with this? Yeah, yeah. And like that, I, I don't mean to derail us again, but because, because <laughs> That's right. the ski, the ski scores are good. And it kind of, it's sort of an interesting parallels. Like the better you get at skiing, you always want to push the edge. And then when you, when you start to get pretty good, you find yourself standing on the edge of big cliffs or on the top above the tree line, staring down these icy fucking steep ass things. And it starts to be like, wow, I'm putting myself in danger. Like, why am I putting myself in danger? And really, that's the, it's a similar question as what we're asking in depth psychology is, what's this thing in me that pulls me to the edge of danger? Why do I need to do that? That's a really good point. I, I continuously am shocked at then the result of going down this ski hill, right? Because once you're up there, unless you really need, like, because you kind of can't go back, right? Once once you make it to the top, there 
you'd have to get a ski patrol to come save you, which some people do, right? Like in, in really extreme situations. So it's up to you to make it down. And so then as you make it through the internal process of, oh my God, this is seriously dangerous. When I fall, if I fall, it's not a question of will I break something? It's how long will I be in the hospital? Right. And then you're, you quite seriously have to navigate that. And, and that then informs the seriousness of your turns and how you, you deal with this challenge ahead of you. And then when you're done with that, like three minutes later, you're just like, oh my God. It's, it's seriously like expanding yeah. in, in a cathartic sense, truly. Yeah. Right? It's a truly cathartic experience. And like that, rarely is psychotherapy that mm, hormonally challenging and that physically in a, in a condensed three minute experience. But it's, it's almost like as you would, as you look at people's descriptions of hallucinogens, like the longer acting experience psychotherapy will take you that far, right? And well, forget psychotherapy. Human life will take you that far, whether you're in therapy or not, right? It's just like in therapy then becomes kind of like uh, skiing with somebody who's really good, right? Like skiing with an instructor. I mean, I hope it is if the person you're you're doing therapy with has a clue, right? Then it's kind of like skiing with someone who's like, yeah, I've kind of been here before. Like, yeah, this is the terrain. I'm not totally certain, but it looks like maybe let's head this way. Right. right? Totally. And then I was actually using this metaphor with a patient of mine who is a big skier. And then when, when the, when the person gets really good, then the instructor's like, all right, trust me on this, but we're going to take our skis off. We're going to hike up over that rocky cornice and then go behind those trees and go off uh, out of bounds. And it's really fit. like you're to the level now. Where we're gonna go out of bounds to cliffs and rocks and trees, and it's gonna be fucking scary. But it's this. It's we gotta do it at this point. And you do it, and you go, and it's like ah, and you're all, you know, and 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 we've had those experiences skiing. But with the analogy to psychotherapy, it's really a whole. It, it it's way more um, uh, mind blowing. Um, when that the terrain is in your psyche and you're skiing out of bounds in some remote, strange, scary region in your psyche, it's actually way more intense and terrifying than skiing this the, this inward journey thing. Even though more people die from the skiing, right? right. Actually, they literally by the time you're you're skiing um, backcountry. You're, the likelihood you're going to die from this increases incredibly. Um, but, but we've all seen videos of people doing the most amazing stuff, but you have never seen a video of someone navigating their interior world within the, within the confines of their actual structured reality. Right. You don't see a video of that. No. In fact, to, to have, forget a video, you've never even heard someone tell a story of it. No. No. And it seems like that's, I think, a job that you and I are trying to do on this, on these um, talks we're having here is to attempt to do a video or to narrate that thing. And when you were saying that, I realized there are, quote, videos of this, but the videos are like 
um, famous novels or famous movies or famous songs by, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix or uh, art attempts to, and, and, and sto like religious stories attempts to narrate that story, but it does it metaphorically and most people just frankly aren't deep thinking enough to realize that what all that art is about is this thing we're talking about. And I think it's kind of our job to attempt to sort of translate and talk about what it looks like, not artistically and creatively, but more literally and psychologically. Wow. Well, that just added another level of uh, complexity to the story because it's so true that art in it in its expressive what i guess just it's so redundant to say art in its expressive form right because otherwise you just have the false reproduction of a of a uh like you, you've seen somebody do something draw in a certain way like as as i see my son check out these awesome artists on TikTok or um, I, I think mostly he's, he's, his little clips on TikTok where the guys do this stop um, stop motion animation where they're drawn really quickly and they produce these images and that's incredible but it, then it encourages you to just do the same kind of a thing mm -hmm. which is like a training towards the true expression of something. But then when you talk about so, the greats like Hendrix, well, they're so far off of TikTok that like, I wonder where the future is going to take us in the, the new, the new guiding light in this story. In the right? stories and in the art, right. In the story that is our culture, which is art, which is let, historically led by art, attempting to being led by science today, which science has been massively discredited in many ways. We don't have to get into that. What, what's on your mind? Yeah, that's, that's something about what you just said about these stories and the TikTok. It made me think of, so there's this book, Joseph Campbell wrote this book, Hero with a Thousand Faces, and that title, which is kind of cool, the hero with a thousand faces. The idea is that the story of the hero has been told a thousand times. Um, and then the kind of idea is that stories again and again are kind of telling the same story and that good art is good because it tells the story of the human struggles and the human journey. Um, and then it made me think of this hero thing, which is we've been, I've been talking about it in my group uh, consultation group, and it's related to what we're talking about. That there's kind of these two different hero stories. There's the the sort of simple and superficial American hero story, which is like the American dream story, like this poor guy works really hard, pulls himself up by the bootstraps, saves up enough money to start a company that company gets successful, he starts more companies, and eventually it's like the John Rockefeller or Andrew Carnegie or whoever it is, Steve Jobs or whatever, becomes this like this American dream. And that's kind of like the typical American hero story, is the American individual through hard work and intelligence reaches the top of the mountain. 
And that's what America wants the hero story to be. And that's what everyone's trying to do. And if someone's depressed or struggling, they come into therapy kind of like, hey, could you get me back on the hero's path so I can climb that mountain and reach that peak that like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or whoever did. But there's this other hero's story that is what the true, truly great pieces of art and literature and film and music talk about, which is you start to do that, and then whether you reach the top or whether you don't reach the top, the hero starts to encounter some different things, like a weird little um, troll enters the story, or uh, something trips you up, or like in Alice in Wonderland, a rabbit comes and steals your thing and goes down a hole and you fall, and then the hero goes down under, and it's like, whoa, fuck, like, what is this? And in Star Wars, that's like when Luke goes into that um, uh, bar scene, he sees all these weird creatures, and it's like, that's when your normal world of American, like, uh, uh, climbing the mountain starts to, like, come apart, and you're like, fuck, and that's like when the psychedelic trip starts, and that's when the depth psychology journey starts, and then the true hero's journey goes down under into the underworld realms where everything comes apart, and our whole assumptions about what life was completely like come unglued, and you lose sense of meaning in life, and you lose sense of who you are, and the hero just goes undergoes a profound transformation that can't even and here's where I struggle to describe it because what happens in the underworld there kind of defies language in my attempts to describe yeah. it right now because it's so far it's so profound or otherworldly that I can't really describe it in simple terms right here but, right. but 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 that's always there tugging at every human all the time and most people are trying to stay away from it back to the gun and they buy a gun to keep those demons at bay but what we what we find out in depth psychology or in art is that ultimately you can't keep the demons at bay ultimately you you're gonna the demons are gonna come get you whether it's in this life or whether they're gonna kill you or whether it's in death or whatever like it's part of life that we're going to have to, like, reckon with. I got to say, just listening to you describe this is causing me to have an a anxiety response. Hmm. Like, I, I literally feel tense in a way where I'm like, oh, that's so, like, it, it, just like as I'm mirroring what just happened to you earlier, when as I was describing the American psychopath, right? The guy who buys the gun because of Afghanistan, who eventually ends up like eating people, <laughs> right? Like, dude, that's that's what this podcast should be called: is the American psychopath, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, the 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 pathway through because. It's true that that's not what you're aspiring to. You're not aspiring to that. You're, you're, you're literally not wanting to experience the inevitable. And some would say, what a horrible inevitable. How dare you tell this awful story about, about what a psyche is within the, within the world of vast uncertainty as you attempt to figure out how to posture yourself, how to establish yourself within the criteria that's given out 
from culture, from birth, right? Where you're highly conditioned to then know the right answers and be a good little boy, David, right? right. Totally. David, you must, you must know the right answers. You play the sports just right, win the game. Oh my God, what a good boy you are. Yep. And then at some point, as, as you do, which is really fascinating, right? Because I talk to people that are teenagers going through this and then people who are in their midlife crisis going through it, or they're, they're in their later stage of life and they're doing it because of a relationship that has unresolved characteristics. So yep. in their 60s, they're struggling to find differentiation and autonomy within their immediate contact of, of their children and their, and their loved ones. They're, they're coming apart then, right? And, and I'm not sure if you, if at this point, this, this story is so ridiculous because it's untold. I don't know if it happens when you're a teenager and then when you're in midlife and then again when you're in your six, like, like, is that okay to say? Like, is it, a, is it okay to just say like, oh yeah, with the way it feels to be a teenager today and the, the bizarre expectations of your, what you're supposed to adapt to, you're probably going to have some level of individual like questioning that's going to take you into a dose of what, what I guess our parents had just like a little bit of Dovsky-esky to read or, or the French existentialist. Yep. And like that, that was it. You're supposed to read, um, who's the classic guy that, that, every college kid reads when they're depressed um, <laughs> uh, um nietzsche nietzsche dude yeah, yeah right it's nietzsche and and on and on goes depending on how nerdy you get into that pursuit of chasing the the existential angst in that discussion but here we are today in well there's a real the story has has evolved Right. Yeah. You think you think it's fair to say that that Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces and the the insight of the German, Russian and French American existentialists, even though we're, we're in that direct lineage coming from Kirk and uh, Kirk was your therapist. therapist, too. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So so you definitely that's that's a really weird parallel we'll have to unpack that some other time and the very right. our you're in my very first semester in grad school we were taking psychopathology and the teacher was benjamin tong and f for psychopathology it's really cool for all of benjamin tong's faults the, uh, the really cool thing is in the cl class psychopathology he had us read kirk so it's kirk schneider this famous existential psychologist we're talking about he had us read Kirk Schneider's book, The Paradoxical Self, in that class. So our very first semester in grad school, we were introduced to Kirk Schneider. Yeah, wow. And then you Did started you... therapy with him, and then a few years later, I started therapy with him. Do you know why I started with Kirk? Why? So I, one time, because I was coming unglued in grad school, right? Like I was having some really unique phenomenon occur. And I went to Benjamin Tong after that class and said, hey, man, check it out. Kind of like talking to these therapists and they kind of can't handle me, man. Right. Like 
within within 10 minutes of talking to somebody i can tell that they're recoiling from my presentation <laughs> why because of what what is it they're recoiling from well because i was like embodying something pretty alarming yeah, yeah. right and you know, I, I don't really want to get into the details. I don't want to scare people, but like, <laughs> you don't want to make our viewers recoil. <laughs> I, I don't. At, at, at a later stage, it'll be too. I won't be able to help myself. But um, yeah, as long I, as you can help yourself, you're gonna uh, n not scare people off. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I have to like be. I'm gonna be careful, right? Because as I watched these trained psychotherapists react to me in what was emerging at the time, you know, when, how old were we, like 22, mm -hmm. right? Something like that. And, and um, so I go to Tong and I'm like, hey, listen, what am I going to do? This is what's happening. He's like, I got a guy you need to see. And he writes down Kirk and the number. And I call up Kirk, walk right in there. and Perfect. I literally sit down with him and I just, I'm like, all right, dude, I'm going to give this guy just a small dose, right? I'm going to let him, I'm just going to give him a small window into what's happening with me. Like, here's yeah. what happened last weekend. And I tell him and he's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. He's like, cool. He's like, yeah, I can roll with that. Yeah. And it, it just became obvious. It was so different. Like his ability to, to observe and tolerate this yes. unknown. Yep was on a it was like another planet a different species yeah I, because i think it's actually i'm somewhat horrified but maybe i shouldn't be it's really rare that a therapist can roll with those depths of the human psyche because therapists after all are just humans and the yes. vast majority of humans are terrified by it and go and watch Afghanistan and go buy their gun because they're terrified by this thing that's actually not about Afghanistan or guns. It's about their own soul. So they're terrified. So most therapists can't tolerate and hold space for that thing. And Kirk could. And, and Kirk helped you and me be able to do that. Absolutely. So, so right? cheers that to Ben Tong for... <laughs> opening that path up well i ben tong died a few years ago so, so oh my cheer. god i didn't even know yep so cheers to ben and then um and cheers to kirk he's still going strong i'm sure yeah definitely what what an amazing journey that ends up with like a formative experience because clearly this ability that you and i are talking about is learnable right yeah yeah because once upon a time you and i were less capable as human beings to tolerate the level of uncertainty right yeah totally You're less ca capable in the, in the same way that well you know askelon swindle the the downhill champion from from europe right At, there was once upon a time when he wasn't okay going 90 miles an hour down the hill no uh, shit cascading to his death right but he he actually retired not dying right um that guy you it, it was that is a skill with, with certain genetics that was learnable over time right yep. and so gradually you can increase your ability but then it's like as a as a normal person who doesn't do this for a career like how much 
are we expected to tolerate? Right. How much are we expected to actually uh, withstand the contradiction of expectations in, in how you're supposed to be as a dad and as a professional and as a man or a woman or a, um, whatever it is that you're identifying and like how, how much are you supposed to be able to embody and tolerate before you quickly grab onto a story that already exists and then just run with that one and just become like, well, I'm anti-vax because I don't want the government to tell me how to live or which I don't know how many people think like that. A few, right? A few, a few do. And then to say like, well, that's not even an irrational thing in itself, right? It's, it's not irrational, but, but I suppose now that's a tangent that we yeah. probably, we probably don't need to go down. It's not, in, <laughs> it's not in service of the, the, I guess the, actual story that we've been able to formulate today yep no but to look at the psychology behind that would be interesting absolutely except that would take us another journey right which is fine because both of us i think gotta go and meet with patients right now so well i think that's we gotta... that's that's true we let how do how are we supposed to like sign off like, because that was kind of weird where we just went, right? It, yeah, it was weird. The signing off could be <laughs> swimming back up to the surface, coming up from the underworld back up to the surface and being like, oh, how back, back to the grind, back to, back to American <laughs> cultural grind. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to do it anyway, right? We're, we're like within minutes, you and I will be in contact with other human beings. Yeah, and, and the weird thing is, and we do that oftentimes hour after hour. You meet for 50 minutes, and then you find some way to swim back up to the surface, and you go to the waiting room as a normal, hey, what's going on? And then you go, and then you might, in the next hour, you might dive back <laughs> down into the underworld and do these, like, swimming, like, things of deep and coming back up sometimes. I mean, most sessions don't, don't necessarily go that deep, but sometimes it does, and then you have to learn to, like, come back to life in the normal world go meet the person and who knows where the journey's gonna go it's fucking crazy